Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Coaches Road podcast. Today, we welcome on Maso Lettinen, the head coach of Imatra Ketera in the Messis League here in Finland. Um, Maso is also an alumni from our program, and he was, a, I think, a DP11. Um, and it was uh, really interesting to get to know him a little bit more today in today's conversation. Um, he, he gave a presentation to us in the fall about his process and his coaching in Amatra and, and in Viramaki. And it was really cool to dive a little bit deeper into that today and, and kind of explore how he became the coach that he is and, and what kind of coach is he now. Um, yeah, I, I really appreciate him taking the time and, and, and just talking to us about it. It's, it's an interesting path um, and, and one that has had a lot of success um, early on. So it's been, it was good to, to get some insights into that. And I think everyone will enjoy it. Yeah. I, unfortunately I couldn't participate at the presentation from us. because I think we had practice or something, however, but um, I, I knew of Maso already because when I was coming to Viromeki, I was working in the first year of my studies for Viromeki United as a video coach. And then Maso was still sometimes around the ring, uh, around the ring uh, because he was the former coach in Viromeki, as we will uh, explore in our episode today as well. So I knew him as well already in forehand and everything what I've been hearing about him, just the way he is, the way how he acts opposing his players, the way he interacts with everyone has gotten confirmed every, uh, has gotten confirmed today in our conversation. He's just very, very straightforward and overall, like just the passion he has for the game and all. And I mean, also for coaching, it's insane. And like how much he's actually willing to invest in himself. And I really enjoy the part when we talk a little bit, a little bit about philosophy, because that's, I think it's a very interesting perspective and, just he's considering so many different perspectives. He's taking things from music, he's taking from arts, he's taking things from novels. And he said in our conversation that he really enjoys having these intelligent conversation. And I think that really open or is really opening up your mind overall. And I think just, I mean, also just his, his overall presence and as well his honesty in the conversation and his charisma, it's just, it's just very huge. And it's, it's no reason that he had, the success he had so far. I mean, the, when he took over here in Biromeki, the, the the local school team and his work placement, they were playing Somesare. So that's the third division here in Finland. One year later, they, they were playing um, Mestis. So it's the second division. And well, as I said, all the, all the people I've been speaking to, they, everyone loved playing for Marseille. Everyone loved working with Marseille. And in the second season with Biromeki, he went, he went, he made the third place and he went, straight to the playoffs and I think also how he's talking about like the relationship he wants to establish that it's a very demanding but it's a very warming and there's a lot of enjoyment involved it's not just that he's demanding all the time he's demanding when it's appropriate and it's just overall it's a very great conversation I would say. So we would like to welcome on Maso Lehtonen. First of all, Maso, thanks for taking the time and joining our show. How are you doing today and how's everything in Ketara? Uh, everything is great. Everything is great. Of course, this corona, corona situation is, is running us crazy, but, but we don't play. We only practice. But as a coach, it's, it's also a nice thing to, 
have a lot of time to practice, I must. Yeah, so now you're the, the head coach there in Ketra in the, in the second league in Finland. And, um, but before you got there, you, you spent some time at Viramaki in our program and, and everything like that. So can you just give a, a brief kind of background about where you grew up, what kind of sports you were involved with, and, and how you ended up in Ketra? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I grew up in Tampere, Tampere, and I played mostly ice hockey. Of course, we in that time we played everything: Finnish baseball, football, ice soccer, everything like that. But 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 uh, I played ice hockey till I was 22, 21, playing the second and third highest highest leagues in Finland. And and I stopped. I quit playing when I was around 23, and then I. Immediately went to the Virumäki, start my degree program. I was DP11 over there, and I start coaching with with uh, then back in the days there was no Pelicans juniors. There was Heinola Kiakko. They had a own own junior team in Heinola. I coached there uh, under 14 and under 15 age groups first two years when I was studying. Uh, on a third year, when we got the work placement year, I start working with Virumaki United under 20 team. We go play in, in third highest level in under 20 and then we get qualified to the second highest level. So the next year and I stay there after I was graduated and I coached two years with, in the Virumaki with under 20. Also doing some working for Hagahelia, helping the teachers and those kind of things, having a lot of students in my coaching staff and and make them make them some teaching jobs. And I worked there two years after the work placement year, so totally three years. And then I ended up in Imatra, Suketera, which was on the third highest level in men's team and. In two weeks, there was few teams get bankrupt. So we get to the qualification to the second highest level even before the season was started. And we have been playing in in Mestis, the second highest level now. This is my fourth season, fourth and last season over here. So it's been a quite a trip. This is my uh, ninth year that I coach. Yeah, yeah, ninth year. So. It's been a it's been a good trip for now. Yeah, it sounds like it has been so far a pretty successful path overall, and especially um, your time in Viromeki. I would like to go a little bit back into there. So, how how has helped Viromeki? I I don't mean your time as a student here. I mean your time with Viromeki United, especially because I've I've got to know some people who have been working with you. I've got to know some people who have been playing for you. So, how has been the time in Viromeki as a coach impacted your your future coaching and Ketra and you guys have been also doing pretty well in, in under 20 Mestis once you got promoted here in Viromeki, what I've been hearing and listening. Yeah, yeah, it was a good time. We had the first year, we have not so many players. I think we have 17, 18 players only, but they were, they were good players and we have to kick out a lot of the old players who didn't want to participate to our new program when we make it a little bit more more athlete-wise program, and we double up the practice practice hours, and a lot of the older players left the team, so we have to get the new young players in the 
organization at that time and and we managed to be successful at the first year and then we make it to the under 20 mess this week at a a lot of good players to the next season and we raised the bar quite high. Second year we were third. We were third in the under 20 matches so it was a it was a great season for the newcomer in the league of course. Third year was also great. I think we made it to the playoffs first round and and I it it teach me a lot about the professionality and and how to work with young players players and different kind of players who are almost pro athletes but not yet not yet i think it helped me a lot to be a young coach over there with the young guys and i still use those same things same kind of some same practices some same playing tactics that i we used to do over there that i managed to do well i have some of the players who played on me on that team still play with me in here here and doing great there's a few guys other teams in Mestis also so we managed to create uh environment for the young players also to get to the next level so i really like it over here and i think the way we did it and how we succeeded it helped me to get to over here to imatra because because the one guy who who recognized me was the this local under 20 coach who I played against a few years. So he kind of kind of gave my name to the GM and he called me and, and hired me. So so I think it was a good, really good step for my career to be coaching over there. And it really helped me on the way. Yeah, I want to dive into something you mentioned there. You, you mentioned that you had to let go of some of the older players when you first started at, at Viramaki because... Yeah. You know, you doubled up the the practice. You made it more intense and and just kind of demanded more. And you know, both both at Viramaki and at Ketra, you you kind of found some instant success and then kind of turned the the teams around right away. Um, so, what is it about that process that that you go through when you arrive at either Viramaki or Ketra that that kind of you know can turn it around so quickly and help these teams find instant success at you know the next level that they play at? I think, yeah, that, that's a good question. And, and, and if I would honestly know that I would write a book about it and sell some, some millions and make a lot of money. Uh, but absolutely, gotta be honest, I still don't know what is the key to that success. But I, I honestly hope, I believe that, that, that a good mix of demanding and having fun that is that is the way we do it because the way we started over here, there was a lot of negativity in during between the players and between the coaches, and I started creating kind of positive atmosphere over here, and that was the big big thing over here to have a positive atmosphere and being uh, that makes possible to to success. And in Virumaki, we have to we have to make it a lot of more professionalism over there and a lot of more practices but we still have to realize that there is a guys who know that they might not be ever a professional hockey player but we still want to get them here so atmosphere i think is the most important thing that you can actually mix up the demanding level i think in here right now we practice more than every other team in mestis and and 
our VO2 max level is 59.8. So I think it's higher than anybody in this, in this country. So we practice here a lot and we demand a lot from the players. But still, but we can still have fun. I think the personality of the coaches and the staff that we have, what I'm looking for always is that there is a kind of tough guys who can be absolutely honest for the players. And, but at the same time, we can also have fun. We are enjoying the life. Like nobody, nobody likes being asshole. But sometimes you gotta be an asshole. But if you do it honestly and you do it for the reason, and you make sure that everybody knows why you're doing it, it's it's okay for the guys and everybody's appreciating it. And and then you also have to in the in the normal level of daily basis, you have to give space and room for the players to be, be themselves, that is really important thing that they can actually be themselves and they can being enjoying, they can laugh at the rink. It don't have to be like in a funeral. So you can actually have one fun, but you can at the same time, you can demand a lot and you can sometimes even be an asshole, but, but you can get it over it really quickly. So don't know what is the main key, but I think those are the things that we are looking for in our daily basis. And for now, it has been working in two places. So, Ova, you just mentioned here that you want to establish a demanding relationship to athletes, but at the same time, that's the, that they enjoy being at the rink, that you can laugh when they're around the rink and that they really have fun overall. So how does a demanding relationship look like to your athletes where they actually can have fun and enjoy Enjoy playing hockey at the same time. How does it look in practice and during the games? I think I think in practice and games it 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 looked like that maybe we can have a practice. We go there and 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 I meet with the players and have a cup of coffee and we can laugh for the things. And even when we get to the rink, we can we can have a smile in our face and we can get there as a good mood. But when we start doing something, we do it as good as we can and we we get everything out of ourselves and 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 with the same minute if 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 somebody's not doing things that way he shouldn't do i can actually demand a lot of him and i can tell him what he should do better and i can tell him how how bad he was on that time and how much he should be better and at after the 20 seconds we can do something something fun can happen at the rink and we can all laugh about it so so those things that what i what i always demand for the players is 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 that if you are honest and we do everything clearly so if somebody do something that makes me mad i can be mad for 20 seconds but i don't need to be mad for two days like i can be i can do it 20 seconds i can keep everything i got for the player and he he knows and he hears it that i'm not happy about him but then we have done it and we can we can we can pump the fist and we can get to the next level and we can start doing again and and if he can success in after one minute then we are everybody's happy and everything's going well so so those kind of ideas that we can actually challenge that if, if somebody doesn't do things well i don't have to be him mad for one week or two weeks or two days I can tell him it immediately and then we can get over it. Yeah, so how do you get your players to to buy into this this process that you have with them of demanding and, and having fun? And how do you kind of get them to um, kind of go along with that um, kind of philosophy? It's always, it's always a process. It's always a, a road. So 
you have to start somehow and 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 in the beginning it's 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 good to be demanding and everybody know why they are doing something and and when you have a kind of kind of cozy funny atmosphere there is always gonna be a situation i think i think once a month at least that some of the players try how far can they go with it and they start to do something thing something's not so good they gonna be some laziness those kind of things in the ring and then you just have to be a tough and you have to demand those things things uh when you see those things honestly and and they will appreciate it and they will realize it and and sometimes the players might say something back to you because they feel that that if you they'll talk to them they can talk about you but but if you just be tough and and you be okay with yourself it doesn't it doesn't hurt you you can just you can just say that if if about that and if he thinks that he's right and and i can say that i don't care if you're right because i'm the coach who could who is the one who says how we do it so so in the end in the end we can all have a situation we can all have a communication and we can have a conversation but in the end I'm the one who's right no matter what because it says in my contract so <laughs> so we can we can have a really long conversation about different things how to practice and those and I want to listen to the players and they have a lot of lot of places where they can actually actually enhance the things and they can decide what kind of timetable we have in the week and what time we practice after the games and and how we play some of the situations but but in the end when the situation get get really narrow and close then I'm the one who decides it because I always tell the guys that as long as I'm as long as I am the first one to get fired then I'm the first one to decide it so that's that's the thing so I think it's always it, it takes a time and some of the players can e- easily manage it and they can handle it and some of the guys have struggles with it but But if we have a good conversation, open relationship all the time, I don't think I haven't get any any kind of difficulties with those things. Yeah, now you mentioned here the word open relationship, and then during our conversation, you mentioned also the word honesty. And I, I think every player I've been speaking to here in Viromeki who has been playing for you during his time said that what what they appreciated about you that you have been very honest about you. So I could kind of assume that honesty plays an important role in your coaching. And on top of that, what are your other core values and what is your coaching philosophy? How do you want to approach um, approach the game and coaching? Uh, I think I think nowadays it all comes day by day, even more it comes to athleticism for me and being an athlete how to be an athlete because all the players who played in in second highest level in finland they all say that they want to do everything to be a pro athlete and pro hockey player and they are willing to sacrifice everything and still they come to the morning to the practices and they are tired or they haven't eaten breakfast well so i'm asking like why because i I went to sleep a little bit late or or they have few kilos extra. I don't mean that like normal people, if their first person is 12, it's okay for everybody. But if I wanted to be 10, so why wouldn't it be 10? So if you are ready to always do everything, then why don't you 
eat only the right nutrition. Why don't you sleep nine hours per night? And why don't you practice in every every day off? Why don't you do 75 minutes endurance training that doesn't hurt you or harm you? Or why don't you do your recovery practices in the home uh, stretching one hour, 60 minutes every night? Those are like, it sounds like that would be a, a like, if you want to be a top player, you should have 65 VO2 max and you should be super athlete. And then the players said that, that that is impossible, that we can't be a super athlete. So we are hockey players and we should have a little bit, little bit like space over there and space over there. But then I'm asking like, how can you come and say to me that you want to be, you can do everything that that you it needs to be done to be a pro athlete and still you are not ready to do everything. So... So those are the things that we are looking for. And what I'm loving is if we if we talk like athletes and we play like athletes, we should really be like athletes. So if your physical condition is 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 awesome, I love you already for that. And 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 then if you're really doing something, I can see that that you are going on the ice your own time, practicing something, your shot, your passing, your skating. And I can see the see the flame in your eyes and I can see that you're really sacrificed to getting better then then I'm always loving those kind of players so that is the really first philosophy for me that we are looking in players over here also also but but also then then we come to honesty and open relationship so if I, I want to be honest to the players I can ask in, I can I can basically answer in any questions they have and I can speak about anything they want they know me. I have been basically, basically ruining and using my whole adult life for doing this thing. What I do, uh, I'm 32. Yeah, 32. Uh, I I don't have basically any family, so anything. I have basically see my friends two times a year, and I have been living in small villages like Heinola and Ima the last eight years. So. So I have been basically using my whole adult life just to be in the ring from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And I love it. I want to do it. I'm not saying that everybody should do it, but I want to be honest about everything. And if I go there, I don't want to, I don't want to like think how everybody's thinking or is he thinking something or is he okay? I want that every player feels that they can come to say me, even if they are not happy for something, they are not happy for their what they are getting, or if I give a wrong kind of feedback for them, they can come to questionize me that that why did you why did you bark me during the game? Because I think I was right. And then we can check the film and I can say that okay, I was wrong. Sorry about that. Or or he can say that okay, you were right. So if the relationships are that, then we can speak about it. And if somebody somebody is not in a good condition, I can tell him that you're not in good condition, you're not gonna play when you're in a good condition or something like that or when we have a weight in in every week how much the players weight i can tell somebody okay you need to lose two kilos for next week we're not gonna play and everybody's got it it's honesty and 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 that's what i what i love it and i like it and how i feel that if you're gonna have a good good relationship with players you have to be honest with them and they have to be honest with you yeah i think that that's something that we hear a lot on our show from, from coaches from all over. And I think that that's a, a huge piece of it, but you know, you, you mentioned something there that, that got me interested in, in just why you coach, you know, you've spent 
eight years of your adult life in Hainala and and I can't speak for Imatra, but I know Hainala is, is very dull. This is, this, is, this is basically the same, exactly the same. The name is the different, but the city is the same. Yeah. So, so why do you do it? Like why, what motivates you to, to be at the rink every day and, and not really, you know, care about where you're living and, and just sacrificing pretty much everything for your, for your teams and for coaching? Because I, I love it. I, I basically, I love the idea of going work in the morning. I wake up every morning, get to the rink and I like it. It's, it's, it's fun to go there. It's fun to be in there with the guys. It's fun to run the practices. I love the feelings that I get for winning and losing both. And I love them. I really love them. And, and that is the way to give me a gas for my life. So having those wins and losses. And, and as long as it, as, as long as I love going work every morning and as, love, as long as I get excited before every game, I get nervous before every game, uh, uh, I'm still going to do it. If, if somebody, if someday, I'm not going to be happy to get in the ring and I'm not excited about the game. I will stop and I will do something normal people do. But, but before that, I want to leave this madness because, because I, I, don't, I don't need a weekend in my life. I don't need to look at when it's the weekend. Like normal, normal, normal human being is waiting for vacation Saturday and Sunday. Uh, I don't care what is today. Is it practice day or, or game day? It's all, all good day games, good days to me because I love every every basically minute I'm working, and I think that is the purpose and meaning of life that you can live a life that you actually love every day. You woke up, you're loving what you're doing. Of course, we have a bad days, good days, but in in deeply, deeply you love to go out of the door, and you have a good feeling when you come back to the and you're actually enjoying yourself and people around you in every minute. So that is the basically, I think, the purpose of the life. And now I have been reaching it and now I'm living it, basically living the dream, being a professional coach. So that's why, that's why I want to do it, because it feels like a dream for me every day. I haven't never expect, accepted, expected to be getting my living for the ice hockey and now when i'm doing it i'm gonna i'm gonna uh enjoying it as long as it lasts oh, what you just said there makes a lot of sense to me especially about the life purpose i'm i mean especially that i mean if you think about it that i think that's also a huge reason to actually how do we actually get players or athletes inspired and how do we get them by in it's just by living up that life purpose and really showing them this is actually what we're going to do. And it's not about that. We had a former guest on the show. It's, he also said that where there's some, some kind of misunderstanding between that we often say that we, um, we, actually, we actually sacrifice certain things, but what we actually do is we invest in ourselves when we have a life purpose, when, when there's really something what we want to do. And it's, I think that uh, you are a really, really good example for that. And in your previous answer, you mentioned something just very, very interesting that you get excited for every game and you you love the nerves about the game and you love the feelings about the winning and you love the feelings about the losing. What do you love so much about the winning and also what do you love so much about the losing? Of course, when we are winning, we feel like we are on the top of the world and, and everybody is feeling good around you and basically you get messages to your phone how good you are and and it, it can also apply to us 
it kind of makes us feeling that okay we are top of the world and we know everything and we are the champions but it it can it can blind us for a long time and it can give us like long self-image but if we realize it's okay it was one game and one season and everybody's moving forward we can understand it but 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 i just love the especially if you have been working hard and you get to winning it's 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 awesome thing about the losing i also love to feel that fully not turning it away and the losing gives us kind of anger and disappointment feelings and if we use those we can actually make difference so we can we can move those feelings away or we can actually enjoy of them uh first honestly i feel that if we lose and i get the disappointment and anger i really like to use it for the working so i take a computer and i start watching the films and i start to feeling how we can grow about it i want to see why we are doing those mistakes and why we lose because it is it's the best best time to learn up new things for the players and the coaches because we are open-minded player is open-minded to hear why we lost so basically i can decide what i tell them i am open-minded to find out why we lost if we win three nothing nobody cares if some players do some mistakes or if our fault checking is a little bit not so not so well organized so what we want three nothing it doesn't make any harm but if we lost three nothing everybody is, is open-minded to, to see why our fault checking is not working so it is it is really good situation and opportunity to learn new things and i'm always eager to learn new things and new kind of ways so of we can we can we can actually use that winning i, I mean losing also for our own own feelings and impact so i love those kind of things so do you have a a kind of favorite lost kind of looking back if you look at your career or kind of favorite uh, we call it the favorite failure on, on the show but do you have that kind of memory in your head that you can look back on and say hey I really learned a lot from that um, that situation or that process or anything like that did something stick out to you in that way I think I think first season when I was here uh, we had a good regular season okay we were newcomer on the on the league and we were supposed to be like 11th or 12th and we made it to the third in the regular season but then we lost for nothing in the first playoff round and it was really really good actually learning for me that what it what changed when the game really gets tough when we are going to the playoff what kind of human beings we need what kind of things we need over there in the locker room how we should go a little bit all those kinds what kind of defenders we need what kind of game systems we need, how we should practice to be prepared to play in those playoffs game. And how do I should go a little bit? How do I should change or not change my coaching? So we lost in the first round for nothing. And then on the we learned a lot. We made a few few player changes after that year. We changed our daily basis a little bit. We changed kind of a couple of things. And next year we won the champions and I think we lost one or two playoffs game in the whole whole few months. So so I think we that that was the uh four games that most most teased me about about succeed and how to succeed and what does it demand on those those 
tough tough games and and i think we have learned a lot of from those days and i think because because of those losses we won the next year well especially you just said here that from that playoff series you have been learning the most where you were where, where you were losing four zero in the second year where you were winning the league and i still remember i was a first year student here in biromeki and of course the message came across here as well as this is a As, as you have been working here with Biromeki United, as we have been discussing in our show. And, and you just said that the demand level from your side has been changing as well. That what, what is the difference for you in regular season versus playoff? How do you approach regular season? And how do you approach in your coaching the playoffs? What, what changes in your coaching and in your demand level opposing the players? I don't what think has that, been changing? Yeah, basically, I don't, I don't... Do we change things... For the players, so basically we changed some of the demand levels in the whole season. First season, we scored a lot of goals, but we also let a lot of goals in. But we basically won the game 6-4, 7-5. We did a lot of goals. We had a good, good skillful forwards, but basically we lost the games in both ends in front of the net. We didn't have those tough forwards to go in front of the net. We didn't have those tough defenders. Uh, defending in in front of the net and we didn't even even kind of we get blind to it because we scored so many goals during the season so we get blind to it how badly we actually defend sometimes and how we did we we realized how we did score our goals we create we make a great goals but we didn't realize how we didn't score our goals so we didn't score we didn't make a rebound score so we didn't won the paddles in front of the net so and actually we didn't even demand those enough in practices so next season we we changed those a lot we start to demanding those in the practices and we want to be have more toughness in the practices having more paddling all the time paddle drills in the practices and making those things bigger i don't know is that reliable for the same situation that we next year when we hit won the championship when we start to make those battle drills i think we make a record in play uh, penalty minutes also in that season we have something like 1064 minutes and and it was it, it was crucial next one have so like 700 so that was crucial but our our power penalty killing and power play was a good level But those are the things that we start to demanding even in regular season in daily basis, what really changed for the first year. And even when we won the games, we start to uh, make, an, make, an, make an a lot of effort for the defending and, and how do we always let the goal in. So we start to make it better. And I think in the, in the players, we didn't have let many goals in. So, so that was the, basically the biggest thing to To, that opened my eyes on that time. I think in the first year when we when we make like four point something goals per game in regular season, and then we went to the playoffs and we had like four games and four goals. So so that was it when we realized that our our more skillful players couldn't make it to the net, and and the opponent was just playing boxing us out every play, and then they have some tough guys in front of the net in forwards that scored a goal. So we lost on those kind of situations. So we make sure that we are not doing the same mistakes again. So now we just talked to you a little bit hockey and that's always very exciting, especially for us uh, when we are involved so much in the sport. And obviously you just you just mentioned a little bit here the reasons and what you have been 
adapted towards the next season. So overall, what is your what is your vision of the game? How do you see the game and how do you want to play hockey with your team? Uh, we have been playing, I think all the time over here, we have been playing a little bit, a lot of, a lot of actually really active, an active game. And there has been a lot of skating in our game. We move a lot, but there is no basically uh, how to, how to say it in, in, in English, but, but we are mixing up the, mixing up the, the playing spots in the, in the, a lot, because in, if you watch our, our playing in, in forward zone, you can see that our Ds and forwards can mix up all the time and they can be in their other places and they can be two forwards in the blue line and, and defenders getting the puck behind the net and it can be changed and also in the, in the own own zone when we defend our defenders can be somewhere and forward somewhere it doesn't matter who they are they are just number one number two number three and then number four and five and there's no forwards and defenders so mixing up the mixing up the defenders forwards is a lot because it makes game a little bit more faster i think and we want to play a fast game we have a lot of skating environment a lot of skating power and we want to play a little really fast game and and basically don't do those uh, uh, slow, slow, slow breakups and slow kind of trap systems that some of the guys still do in, in Finland. So we kind of don't like to do it and we want to keep the tempo up and keep the aggressiveness up and, and want to play with the puck all the time and want to be faster and faster. And I think the, the game is going to the faster all the time. And, and the players are getting, getting more skillful and they're skillful in high speed. High speed skills are getting higher all the time. So it, it can make it possible us to make up speed up the game all the time. So we don't have to slow the game. So that, I think that is where the game is going. And I think that is where our junior players should be approaching and reaching that they can do a, they can they can see the game. They can do the decisions in high speed, and they can actually actually skate skate in different different directions really well. So I think that is the future of the game. Yeah. So that's really interesting because I think um, if if I understand your your kind of vision correctly, there it's, it sounds a little bit like um, how I would describe kind of positionless hockey kind of thing because you want um, you want your players exchanging all the time and and moving about and everything. So that's, that's really interesting to me because as a, as a youth coach, I, I hate to see kids get stuck into kind of positions and, and, and labeled and everything like that. So it's, it's always kind of nice to hear someone at the professional level saying like, like we want this stuff, we want them to be changing and everything like that. And not kind of your traditional defenseman who always stays at the, the blue line. I think that's a really interesting, but I kind of want to shift back to who you are as a, as a coach and, and, and ask you what has had the biggest impact on how you coach, whether it's kind of um, how you coach the game of hockey or how you coach the, the people that are on your team. Uh, I don't know about the biggest impacts. I think there is a lot of those. I'm kind of, hyperactive, hyper-social person, what I have been when I was youngster, when I was on my 20s. And I get in trouble all the time with my, with my big mouth and, and body full of energy. 
and and I like to get in conflict also. So so I think I have been learning for everywhere around me, and basically I have been my my mind open all the time with the, with the ice hockey and also with the human beings. I'm I'm eager to learn for the people in different kind of businesses. I'm eager to speak with people, different kind of businesses. I also love art, art a lot, and even in painting and music. And I like to speak with those guys and or with the guys who who write books or novels. And I like those those intelligent conversations about about what human being is and and how do they live and what do they do and what drives human being how do they feel different kind of situation what are the basic needs in in human being when they live their life and how they want to be how they want to be uh, speak about it how they want to be touched about it and everything like that so th- those are the things i don't see there's a big impact i think my whole whole path whole life has been kind of journey that has a lot of ups and downs but but I think it has been really nice journey because I have been learning a lot for myself and 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 also at the same time learning a lot of things about things around me because it's quite important that you realize it's 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 so cliche and it's so old thing to say but it's 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 always you have to remember that when you do something or you act something you always have to put yourself in the other people's pants that how you would like to be said and how you would be like to be treated in different kind of situation. If you mess up something, how would you like to be treated to get out of it? Or what would make you impact in your life and 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 then do it like you would like to do it for yourself. So I think that is the quite old cliche, but really it really works all the time. All the time if, if I'm thinking that, okay, that player did that kind of message or or that kind of mistake or he's not doing well today like if i would be in same situation if i would have same kind of problems or if i would have same kind of like what would what is this guy thinking right now and what does he need what would i need if i would be in that situation so then act like that so put yourself in other people pants not thinking about yourself all the time because i think that is the main thing that has had impact for me because I have met a lot of people who has been treating me differently and I have been doing good things, bad things a lot. So I think every every chapter of the life has been basically have an impact for me. I think overall that's a that's a very, very powerful answer and you offer you some really um unique insights and I especially enjoy when you were talking about the um, that you like to have these intelligent conversations with people from the arts business with people from the um, music business with people from the from the poetry business I think you said there as well and overall like what have what have been your biggest takeaways from these conversations and why do you find these so important and like how do you how do you implement to your own own life how do you see the role now as a as a human being uh I think there's a lot of, I have been basically seeing the, the how basically unorganized but fun can actually life and world be if we really think about it. So there has been a lot of books about how to act 
the people, how to lead the people and what are the, we can put people in those color groups that that is the people who should feel like that and that should feel like that and there is also a little bit truth always behind those but it's just putting the people in the boxes and, and basically the idea that how unique we actually are and how unique is every day uh, what we really doesn't know is what is happening and if we think about something we have no idea what somebody else is thinking like if I see a tree over there I don't know if you see the same kind of tree or if you see it the same way so that is that is like the kind of way that we should basically but I have been learning a lot that how uniquely we see everything and how we should actually try to learn and and feel everything with 100% than not just to put ourselves in the core and and trying to save ourselves and being being we have been what I've been learning also that really impacts me is is we are basically like theoretically I don't we don't know basically how long we are going to live and how many times we are going to live but let's assume that we live once so so we are not getting the days back i'm getting older every day i woke up i look older every every morning that i look from the mirror so i'm i'm basically losing my time all the time so why should i wait something why should i wait when i start enjoying i can tell that if i when i get money and when i get rich and when i get a hot girlfriend i'm gonna be happy and i'm gonna start living my life so so what, what basically tells me not to do it? What is the things that I can get with money that makes me happy? Basically, I haven't found, okay, I can, I can buy a sports car, but basically I got everything I need around me. It doesn't matter if I watch the, watch the movie from the bigger TV or more smaller TV. And I don't need to buy the book. I can go to the library and get it free. Uh, basically, I can... If you taste the wines, the 50 euro bottle is the, basically the same than 10 euro bottle if you know what you buy. Uh, those kind of things. I can still enjoy the life in every day, and I can feel if I can if I win the Mestis game, uh, if I would if I would win the NHL game, would it be different? Would would I would I feel better if I win the NHL game or the Mestis game? Like like how can you feel it better? How can you be sure that okay now you're feeling a bigger winning winning feeling? Oh, I I feel as. As, as big as I feel now, the winning situation. So I'm already living the dream and doing those things that, that I would do when I would get older and in future that I would like to do. So why would not to do it immediately and start doing those days 100% and, and being like reading the books and learning about people, learning about things, having those intelligent situations because we don't get those back and we every, every basically meeting with every people is kind of unique so we don't want to we don't want to ruin it so that's that's the kind of thing that i've been learning those things that i should live my life and, and doing the things that i would love most to do i don't need to think basically anybody else it's kind of kind of self infecting but but if you basically think that that you want to live your life to be something that everybody's waiting you to be and and living the way that somebody else is happy or do you wanna do you wanna make yourself happy but also being like it 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 contains a lot of lot of communication with other people and so making people happy around you but the mostly thing should be that you are living the life kind of life you want to do so why to move it for somewhere in the future or why to say that I will do with those things when I 
have something, do something or live something. Why not to do it immediately? If there's a, I think there's always a way to live those things and do those things that you want to do it right now. So I, that's what I have been learning for people with different kind of areas than sport. Yeah, that's, that's a, a really kind of thought-provoking answer and really um, really goes into a, a deep spot, I think, and and give, gives me a lot to think about. I'm still kind of processing it as, as I go here, but, you know, it, it gets me really interested to, to ask this next question. And, and I, I want to ask you now, like, what, what do you see the role of a coach being? Um, and when you look at all the people you meet, the games you have to win, the games you lose, what, what does that all to come? Uh, what does that all come together to be? And, and kind of what is your role as a coach? Mm, I think I think coach is a guide. We are like tourist guides. Like we don't tell. Uh, we we can't do it. We can't we can't be there for the for the player. They have to do it by themselves. Or we can't go to the gym, uh, but they have to do it. And we can't go sleeping early. Or we don't. Have, we can't go to their home to cook their meals. They have to eat eat, and they have to live like athlete, and they have to. Do those practices 100%, but we can guide them. Like our basically, if you are coach, my job is to keep all the details and keep all the tools to player to get better, and then try to motivate him. Try try to make the player understand why is, why should he do it? Why we are salesmen? We have to sell the dreams. We sell the dreams for the player. We sell that if you do this this way, you will get this, and if you put this much effort for this thing, you will get this thing. Or you might not get, but you have 50% uh, chance to get this, or it might get you better, so I think you should do it. And if we can sell the idea of the thing for the players, then we are succeed because then the player is doing it. And we are, we are the guys who guide them to the right directions and sell the dreams, sell the ideas, what we think they should do, so to make them do it. If we just tell us go to do something, they can do it, but are they giving it 100%? So I think we are guys and salesmen, and our job is try to get them all in the same kind of way, going to the right way, and they are getting all the time, all the time they are trying to step out of the road, and then our job is to be there and, and grab their hand and pull them back to the road and push them over there. And we have to be, that's why we can't be lazy. We can't be blind. We have to watch all the times they react. We have to watch all the times. How do they react and how do they practice? So if they are starting to take a step out of the road, we can immediately push them back over there. So they have to walk the road. They have to run the road, no matter what they are doing. But we have to have their, our hands around them and make them going the road that they need to be done if they don't want to walk it or if they start to turn around or if they just sit down and don't want to walk the road till the end then we can't we can't carry them we can't push them anymore but if they want to carry if they want to walk if they want to run we can keep them over the road and we can give them ideas that why why they should do it that's all we can do basically as a coaches but that's also all responsibility yeah, that's a, a really interesting analogy and, and one I'm going to uh, steal from you there, if you don't mind. But No, absolutely. Um, well, thanks for that answer. And thanks for you know all the answers that you've provided today. It was a really interesting conversation. We have a, 
a couple more questions for you. Um, mine here at the end is, as you mentioned at the beginning, that this is your, your last year in Imatra. What, what are your goals for the future as a, as a coach and, and where do you see yourself going? Uh, I don't basically, that is the question that I can actually get a lot of, a lot of about people right now. Last six months, but I have always said that basically I want to go work every day enjoying of it. And I want to be in kind of places where I can actually learn and enjoy of, of every day. And I can, I have this powerful in me and I love the living. And, and like I said, of course, we want to get as high level as we want, even, even because of the dreams and, and uh, trying to see how far we can fly and economically and every, every there's a hundred of reasons to get every year to the higher level. But basically the main idea for me is that, that as long as I can do this for a living, I'm really satisfied and happy and I'm living the dream. If I'm having a good time going to the rink every day, and if I can do that, like, let's say next 30 years, I would be the, one of the happiest guys in the world. I would be, I would be that happy after that. And I would go to retirement. I would say that I have a great life. So even if it will be in under 20 or in the second highest level, rest of my life, I would still be like happiest guy in the world. But, but of course I want to make it to the higher level. When is the time? Do I get the chance? When do I get the chance? Do I ruin the chance? Nobody knows. Uh, we can basically we can make a kind of maps and we can make a plans or roads. And if we make a five-year plan, I will be sure that in two months uh, it will go ruined because something happened. And now we had COVID-19. We don't know what is going to be in five years. Even even with the good plans, we have a lot of changing things over there. People get fired. People get sick. Everything like that. So I don't want to make a plans. I want to. Coach, I want to give everything every day. I want to learn new things. I want to see new things. I want to meet new people. I want to grow up as a human being and 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 feel different kind of feelings. And I, I think that is the that's what I'm doing right now. And I want to see. It. I want to do that more. And and let's see where does the road goes. Nobody knows. And I think that is the that is the nicest things in my life and I think that is the most excited thing that I have in my life so because I have no idea where I'm going to be in two years I could have a I could have a family and I could be working in a factory and have a big house and I would know that I would be in this house in 10 years and my child would be 15 and I would live the same thing and I would be in a factory and and that can make people happy I'm not charging everybody but but for me to seeing that I have no idea where I'm in two years or what I'm doing in two years and and with who so I have no idea so it's gonna be uh, excited thing for me so that gives me on in my life and I love it I think what you just described there is a very very important skill in coaching is I think it's the ability to deal with the uncertainty we face because as you just said that two weeks at the moment with the COVID situation can be totally different than it's now so it's tremendously important that we are capable of really being not being okay we really need to like learn that there's a certain uncertainty in our job and we really need to embrace this and 
we cannot just like think about oh what's next year what is next year we we really as you said as well we really need to be present in the moment we really need to enjoy the moment because that's not we shouldn't we shouldn't live the life for the future we shouldn't live the life for the past even though this is sometimes very difficult it requires certain skills but we should live for the moment right now we are we are we are right now in Viromek and we're right now in Imatra so that's that's what we are what we should do now and after that I'm going to practice and then I should take take the best out of there so that's 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 I think that's a very tremendous point you shared with us here so and as a last question here if you could speak to a and at the start of his coaching career, what are some of the key learnings or takeaways that you would share with him? Oh, yeah, that is the, that is the good question. And, and, and I have sometimes actually thinking about it, what would I do differently if I now get in the same, same situations where I was in that time? And, and I would say... That, that for for that guy, I would say that uh, that remember that everything is not black and white. So don't burn the bridges just to make sure that you are right because maybe you are not right or maybe nobody's right. So don't be an asshole <laughs> about that thing because the life is easier <laughs> when you have more open bridges. And and that is the that is the one thing in a coaching coaching of course, but also. What I have maybe as a as a coaching with under 40, under 50, maybe even under 20s is to is to have even more those practices there where we can where we can enhance individual skills. So so like even in under 20 codes, I would say myself that that it that it doesn't matter do you win on Saturday's games or not, because nobody cares and nobody remembers it in two days. It doesn't really matter, but if you can make an individual and if you can make them better players and you can create, you can leave a mark to the players that they will get to the next play level or they will remember you rest of their lives. That is the things that matter. It doesn't matter to you win on Saturday or not, because the new season comes and everything is changed. But but even in, in junior junior hockey, hockey, I think the coaches still we think about. Are we gonna win on Saturday or not? Even in under 50, under 14, that we wanna play the way we wanna win, and we need to let put those guys, let make them dump the puck or make them defender harder, so they can we can win the game. Because in the end, it doesn't really matter. You should spend the time to enhance their individual skills, and and if you do that, you will in the end win. So. In, in one year, you will get your player will be better than the other players, so you will win still in the end of the year. But 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 use time with the individual skill, use time with the individual people, and and give more feedback to everybody because everybody want to have a feedback. That would be the kind of kind of advices that I would say, uh, young me, nine nine years ago. Well, great final message, Maso, and and. Just thanks so much again for, for joining us today. It was a pleasure to, to get to know you a little bit more. And um, I think there's a, a lot that um, I'm going to take away from this and, and, and kind of use in my own coaching and use as I move forward in my career. So, yeah, just thanks for being open and, and sharing. And, and I hope you guys can get back on the ice and play some more games here and, and get another championship under your belt. Yeah, I hope so, too. It would be it would be a fun to have a have a one more. <laughs> Thank you.
one more time, thanks to Maso for taking time and joining our show here today. It was really good. It was a really good opportunity to speak with him about his coaching philosophy, about his core values and how he sees the role of the coach and many other things too. And I hope, well, we hope that everyone who has been listening so far until he has been taking something away from the conversation. And I would like to start with my first key takeaway from the conversation we just had with Maso today. And it was more or less towards the end. And when we were asking him about how does he actually see the role of, of a coach, and he was saying that, we coaches, we are basically salesmen and it is our task to guide them to the right way. And I think this is such something very, very important to do because if I reflect on my playing time, I did not have enough people who were guiding me towards the right way. And I think another key part here is that you are drawn into a consistent environment where you really have good people consistently around you who, who really provide you the path and who are there for you when you need them. And I, I just feel the co consistency in an environment is just, is just so huge because it allows you to grow, it allows you to get better, and it allows you to to fail, to fail safely, and it allows to and it, it it allows you to deal with certain setbacks. I think this is one of the things I appreciate the most having here in Finland. Yeah, I think so too, and I, and I think um, you know you're spot on there, and that was one of my takeaways too from the um, conversation with Maso today with that the analogy he used as as coaches the role of the coach being kind of like a, a tour guide and, and a guide for a tourist destination i really like that because if you think you know if you think about how you are when you're a tourist you know you're you're unfamiliar with where you are and and you're you're kind of it's kind of easy to get lost and everything like that and a, a coach can really help guide you and, and keep you on the right path and, and show you what you need to to get the full experience out of where you are and I, I think that's a, a really good analogy and like I said in the episode I think I'm gonna steal it and, and use it for myself but you know I think my other big takeaway from the conversation today is just why he coaches I think it's just such a a raw reason for wanting wanting to coach and why he coaches it's just it's it's fun you know it's fun to go to the rink it's it's fun to be around the players it's, it's fun to be around the game it's fun to plan and practice it's fun to execute the practice everything about it is fun and I really like that he mentioned that he loves the feeling of winning and the feeling of losing and that they're both important you know and, and you asked him to explore that a little bit more and I thought it was really interesting how he dove deeper into that and he said that you know winning gives you that feeling of being on top of the world and, and you can do anything and you, you're just having success after success after success and but that that's dangerous because it can also blind you to the process of getting better development and everything like that. But then also if you flip that on the edge, you know, losing can give you that, that edge you need that, that, um, that kind of anger and disappointment as, as Maso said it. And, and he, you can use that feeling, those feelings to, to make a difference and to get better. And I think that's, that's kind of true growth mindset if I think about it that way. And, and I think that was really interesting. And, and using that feeling of losing as a, as motivation was, was really interesting for me to hear from him. Yeah, it was definitely interesting because it really shows you on actually, I, I feel it really showed me that what it actually means to lose and what do you actually, what are available takeaways from that. And the other thing is too, that like losing is such, of course, losing is, it can hurt sometimes a little bit, but 
it's part of the game and it's so such a it's such a valuable experience and i think um and especially on the on the professional level where it's a little bit more about winning and losing obviously um it it plays a much more critical role in in youth hockey and i i think that it also reflects totally back on like what he was saying that even even when 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 you coach under 20s that at the end of the day that it doesn't really matter if you win or lose of course you you want to win the game if you are there you want to win the game 100% i feel the same way but the outcome of the game does not affect what they're going to do on monday and practice i think that's that's the crucial thing i i go to every game with the mindset that i want to win this game for sure as a coach as well because it's you can see it brings enjoyment to the players and stuff like that and it builds their self confidence but if we lose the game what what happens who, who cares he has been saying it as well no one cares at the end of the day next week is practice again monday we try to go back to the routines and the routines are simply getting better we try to establish positive habits in our practice in our life and we have to grow everyone on a personal and a professional level and i think that's the a very valuable thing what we actually need to do as coaches and that goes back to that guidance towards our players and the responsibility we have and i also want to highlight here that we really need to appreciate what she, what we have as as humans and i think he 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 was he was he was bringing up another really good analogy there is that would it be different if i win a nhl game or messi's game and i think that's a that's a really important question to ask because at the end of the day if you really if you really have the passion for what you're going to do if you really love what you do then it's it's no difference if you coach in imatra if you coach in berlin if you coach in colorado the most important thing is that what you that you really love what you do and it doesn't have to be coaching you really need to find your passion and then i think it's it's very important that that you stick to it and then really like like constantly grow with your duties and constantly grow with your passion because i i think that what gives it gives you the intrinsic motivation and the other thing is too like just by by being inspiring i think that's like he was talking about that you actually need to find your life purpose and i think that goes totally back back to the book i was going a little bit into it in our episode but it goes a little bit back to the book from simon sinek start with why in the beginning of of the book he's explaining that there's a difference between inspiring and manipulating people and that the inspiring path is the it's the longer path but on the on the long term run it's a much more successful path yes with manipulating people you have success but no chance on the long term run that's why it's like if you really find your purpose if you really find your intrinsic motivation to why are going to why are why are, why are doing what are you going to do at the end of the day you're going to be inspire you are going to be you're going to inspire much more people and you are going to build much more charisma yeah and i think that was highlighted really well and and when we asked him about his goals for the future and where he wants to go next and you know he said that as long as i can do this for a living i'm i'm going to be happy and i think that is that's just that's just pure passion for the game and pure passion for coaching and i i think that's that was really nice to hear and i i think it's it's really it's a simple why but it's also such a powerful why when you can just find yourself being so involved with the game and so just loving the game and just being there for that pure reason of just loving the sport i think that's that was really nice to hear and 
Um, I, I think the other thing too is is you can tell from his answers that he is someone that that constantly likes to learn, and that's something that you know we talk about so much on this show. But I think he he really embodies that, and really everything that he talked about with us today was was this came back to this idea of just continuously learning it and continuously getting better at it. And, you know, there's, there's, he said it after we got off that, you know, he, he hates when he can't find something to improve. Um, and I, I think that was a, a really interesting piece because at the same time that he was mentioning, as long as he can just coach for a living, he'd be happy. He was also saying he wants to be in places where he can continue to learn and continue to enjoy what he does. And, you know, I, I think that he is a true embodiment of that continuous learner and, and something to, to look in, like someone to look up to in that respect, if that makes sense, because it's, it's really, he just seeks so much information and just loves to, to get better at coaching and, and get better for the people that he coaches. I think that's just overall, it was really, really nice to hear his why and, and, and his how in, in that sense as well. Yeah. And that totally ties back to my actually more or less last, key takeaway from our today's conversation is that, that we need to remember that not everything is black and white. And I think what he actually, what I understood from, from that message, from that statement is that we really need to allow ourselves to, to explore different perspectives and what can we take away from this coach? What can we take away from this sport? What can we take away from this artist? What can we take away from, from this musician? There are so many things like, as I said, the more perspectives you allow yourself to explore more consciously, uh, more growth-minded thinking you're going to have at the end of the day because you have so many more things to talk about, you have so many things more to share, you have so many. And I think at the same time, if you really allow yourself to explore different perspectives, you allow yourself to be more curious. And I think that's what at the end of that's what it's all about at the end of the day like that curiosity it's so important i think muscle displaced us as well very well in our today's conversation and it was just a really 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 good conversation and i've been enjoying it a lot yeah and i think what you just said there it it reminds me of this quote i i heard and i i tried to be kind of inspired by from time to time when i need it is like you know um, if you follow someone else's road, you'll never get ahead. And I think that's a really interesting uh, quote when you think about someone like Maso, because, you know, he, he learns so much from all these different people, all these different coaches, philosophers, authors, artists, whatever it may be, he learns from them, but then he uses it in his own way and he uses it, how it will be effective for him and how it'll be effective for his athletes. And I think that's the key piece, right? Like being able to, take away so much from every different kinds of sources and, and really being able to learn from every situation, but then being able to transfer that into your coaching and who you are is, is tough to do sometimes, but also that's the important piece is, is taking it and, and making it your own and, and utilizing that knowledge. So I think that's a, a good place to wrap it up for today's episode with Maso Lettinen. Um, again, thanks to him one more time for taking the time and, and joining us um, make sure you connect with him on social media his information will be down in the show notes uh, you can also connect with the show at the coach's road on facebook twitter or instagram 
You can check out our new site with um, an interesting and exciting update coming soon. So keep an eye out for that. But until then, have a good rest of the week and we will see you on Monday.